What is up, guys? We are back. I hope you are enjoying that. But we are joined now by our special guest today. You saw him here last week. You know him as none other than American Hoddle. And we are also joined by special guest June Sith. Pia, I'll let you go ahead and introduce everyone. And Chris, take me the fuck off camera. <laughs> I do look like I have poop smeared on my camera. You do. And, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm here for it. Also, I love I'm that you have a Someone who doesn't, has never met you, so excited. You truly look like you live in a college person's basement. As someone who lives in his mother's basement, I feel like I could say that to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm fixing it, though, I promise. Lies, lies. Connell, you look good, though. Thanks, man. Do I? I don't know. I I put a chat window over your face. I was just saying that. I can't even see myself (laughs) on the screen. Now you're fat. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I want to set the context because I feel like, and I feel like this is, a travesty. Um, not everyone in the Bitcoin space knows who the two of you are. So I want to take a moment to basically set the context and uh, if ignore June Seth's background, ignore the fact that there's clearly like a dead body in that closet uh, wrapped in a carpet or something. Do you want me to get a green screen? I could do that. No, no, no. This is so much better. So much better. Oh, um, all right. Also, wait, what is happening with your mic, bro? Like, is, is that on? No, the mic is not the mic I'm talking with. This is just a Got it. Got it. It's just there for, for image. Okay. I'm, wor- I'm working on it. I'm no, working it's all good. It's all fiction good. things. So um, I'm going to do that. So now I also have a ceremonial mic. Yes. Okay. This is now the, the, the cord. Is not- You're going to make me get like a third. Wait, I have another one over here. Here we go. Here we go. Here's here's a, a shotgun mic just for no reason. Uh, I just want everyone to know I have COVID right now. This might be the last time I appear on video. <laughs> yeah. How are you? How are you doing, by the way, man? Are you still fucked up? Oh, I'm fucked up. Uh, five yeah. minutes ago, I was talking like this. So I like did a bunch. I went to the bathroom, did a bunch of coughing. I hocked out a loogie the size of a football, and uh, and then I came out with you. There you go. He has like a, a habit of getting ritual. people who are on their deathbeds because of COVID to somehow get off said deathbed and come join us here. So whatever he promised you, let me tell you, June Seth, he's not going to fulfill sex. that promise. <laughs> Look, I can be a compelling, a compelling uh, orator, but wait, okay. We got to do this. American Hoddle. Yes, friend. Twitter aficionado. Uh, raconteur. Rapscallion. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the people whose lives are a pale shadow of what they could be, who you are and what you're about? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a well-known Litecoin enthusiast. I just think Litecoin's the best. And cancel this man immediately. It's really cut cheap right now. Cut his yeah. mic. Cut his fucking mic. Really just black him out. Chris, you, you know what? What I like to say when <clears throat> we have hard economic times like this, P, is a little little expression I say to myself in the mirror every morning, which is, "One Litecoin equals one Litecoin." You know. Good fucking god. All right. There are there are there are, are children watching this this stream right now who have been warped, their minds fundamentally broken by what you have just said. Repent, repent, sir. Uh, Hoddle is kidding. Litecoin is the devil. Bitcoin is the answer. No. Accept it into your heart and be made whole. Listen, I'm going to talk to you guys about making big pimping decisions. Okay, you could have one bitcoin right now or you could have like nine thousand litecoin okay which one of those do you think is a more pimping decision 
I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like Huddle doesn't even know the price of Litecoin. I have no idea. <laughs> Huddle, the pr- Litecoin's right. One Litecoin is eight thousand dollars right now. Wow! Shut See, up. you're so this full of just shit. this just confirms my thesis that Litecoin Ooh. is. The- is the best. Have upgraded his camera. Now we can see the dirty laundry in the background. Yeah, that's like some that's some shit. It's so good. It's so good. That's uh, not actually the dirty laundry. You want to see the dirty laundry? I'll show yes, it to you. Yes, please show us on camera right now. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna switch it here. You see that? All right, one sec. I half expected him to not be wearing any. <laughs> Yeah, that is exactly what I expected him yes, to be wearing. Yes, let's fucking go. It's so good. It's so good. I, I'm excited to tell you, Junzeth, that your background is even messier than mine. Everybody, like you know, they I get a lot of messages that are like, "Man, you're uh, you couldn't hear anything so, I just said. Fuck it, it doesn't." What'd matter. you say? Uh, your yeah, background we need to talk about the fact that Junzeth isn't wearing pants more than how messy his background is right now. Junzeth never wears pants. <laughs> By the way, I'm uh, I'm party on program. party on the bottom, business on top. All right, all right, I'll just actually how I go to meetings. I'm I'm also currently not wearing. Can you say? Uh, uh. Oh <laughs> god damn it! Now I feel like I have to join in the party. Oh, those are the wrong underwear. You, 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 you are the last one wearing pants now. Wow, pantsless. <laughs> Listen, if you're not doing this interview in your underwear, okay, you're a shit coiner, and you know that about yourself. Yeah, you got a dang. You know, a huddle. Strip it, boys. Take off those pantalones. P Q. Pantalones. You gotta, you gotta realize that the the undies to wear are Under Armour undies, and if you're not if you're not there yet, I gotta you're get some. Yo, that, yeah. those are way too nice underwear, June Seth. Like, come on, you could have sold. This those isn't the first time I've been attacked by an Under Armour maximalist, and it won't be you, the last. You wouldn't even know you, 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 until you, guys you wear picks. them. Until yeah. you wear them, you don't even know. All right, they're just they're just the most I'll comfortable. They they're supportive. Okay. Uh, they're stretchy. So Listen, I can be one. talked into it. I was talked into buying several million Litecoin. So, yeah, you know. well, that was unfortunate. Well, yeah. Huddle, and what? I, uh, what? I took Hoddle's advice last week. I, sorry to interrupt you, P. But Wait, if okay. you if you may recall, you actually highly suggested that you know if you got a Bitcoin, go get your Bitcoin a friend. Go get it. It gets lonely. Good well, I took your advice, mm-hmm. and now I'm a little perplexed because you're sitting here telling me I should have bought all the all the Litecoin instead of my Bitcoin. Listen, I'm just saying that. Uh, Is that like getting right, your dog right now? One, one Bitcoin equals seventeen thousand Litecoin, and <laughs> I just feel like it's a great value. You know, it's just a good value right now. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. So uh, I can't do this with a straight face. I, no straight face is required. How do? What are you drinking? Juice. This is a. This is a Waterloo. I consider it the, the gayest of all. It's his last. Waters. It's his last drink ever. Yeah. It's an orange Waterloo. You're Great. welcome. It's the drink he drinks right before he goes and tries to invade Russia. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, wait. So we, I, I have yet, I have failed once again to introduce both of you. Um, <laughs> we've established none of us are wearing pants. Uh, Hoddle is fucking with everyone and trying to get them. No, to, I'll, do, uh, no I'll do my, I'll do my to unit bias. You piece I'll of do shit. my intro for real. Okay. Um, right. Hey, I'm American Hoddle. If you don't know me, I'm a well-known Litecoin enthusiast. (laughs) God fucking damn it. All right. All right. (coughs) (laughs) I'm okay, guys. Can you just cough more loudly directly into the microphone? Uh, Well, I did it to the side so it'd be a little quieter so you can still get like the... 
Like, I don't want to give you COVID, which I feel like might happen if I do it right into the mic, but to the side feels like maybe it's a little safer. Mm. It's very general. I was at a wedding when these symptoms developed. I probably infected the whole wedding. Is probably, you probably did. Yeah. Johnson's super spreader event. We were not the first about, time he's been called a super spreader. We, yeah. Oh, oh, we were just talking about how for Bitcoin Amsterdam, um, you know, Europe has some pretty strict policies in place to prevent people from um, spreading the the financial ruin that is COVID. And uh, we were just talking about how you can fly into somewhere else and then take a train in. And I wanted to know, like, can I ride on top of the train? Do I get to like run real fast and then like hop into the train car? Will I get to sleep on a space bag, which is where you take a, a box full of wine, you take the bag out of the box because box wine is actually bag wine, you drink it, then you inflate it, and then you pass out, and that's what you sleep on as a pillow. You would make a great hobo. Yeah. You assume he's not a hobo now. I know he's not a hobo. I've seen None it. of the shit behind me is real. I uh, so so P is this channel just like a all day long like sort of like Bitcoin Bitcoin CNN? No, and no, just this is sure. very. Hoddle and I are here because there's nothing. You just yeah. got to fill space during You have it so perfect, June. There's no pressure here. We are, we are only <laughs> no paid. Pressure. We are only paid to talk about Bitcoin. Yeah. No, Jensen, <laughs> I, I did this last week. And what I discovered is that you don't have to do a good job. You don't have to be particularly insightful. You just show up, you know, and that's 90%. That's 90%. That explains why Hoddle gets returned. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Time out. Time out. I, I think, I think Hoddle misremembers his experience on this show. Because if I do recall, I gave some pretty, pretty hard hitting analysis that may or may not have come true just four days later. <clears throat> Robbie, Robbie, Robbie Lyons there in the comments. He says he was expecting no sure. Robbie is a good friend. I proposed to Robbie last week that we reboot the uh, Bitcoin Miami meetup together. So I think he's going to do that with me. Also, Robbie, um, I might have given you COVID on Saturday. <laughs> and herpes. Uh, you should get you should you should get tested for herpes too. I didn't give you herpes. I promise you that. I'm clear of those. <laughs> it's hard to give herpes spreading from from as a bottom. You know. Anything's possible. Anything. Um, yeah. So. No, the standards are high. We have incredible guests like. Uh, me and 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 Hoddle and somebody who wrote an article for Bitcoin Magazine. That's the quality bar we're setting. We're setting in this show. So, right. Um, June Seth, people who are over the age of what do you think? Eight probably don't know who you are, but um, <laughs> you've done some really interesting. Sp in people under the age of We've done some. <laughs> If you, you've done some interesting stuff in the space. If you're not autistic, yeah, that that's actually the better the better qualification. If you are not an autist who is also into Bitcoin, uh, you have no idea who the fuck you are. But I think there was a question that was asked. Uh, maybe I know what you're thinking. Say? There, you're like that guy looks familiar. You're thinking of Kimbo Slice. Or yes, Santa. yes, yes. That is, I did actually confuse. Uh, you know, I see Jun said there's a combo Kimbo Slice and Kim.com. He's like a He's a mashup of the two, you know, right in the middle. That's fair. Um, okay. One of the, I was asked a question. Wait, wait, shut up, shut up. I Cut his mic. I, I was asked a question 
three, four weeks ago uh, by our producer that was like something along the lines of like Bitcoin, Mount Rushmore, like who goes on the face of the thing. And part of my answer, uh, and I expect you to blush profusely and on camera right now when I tell you this, one of the people that I said should go on the Mount Rushmore was your face um, because you are an important fixture, as is HODL, in the cultural miasma that is Bitcoin. And I think you've done, I, I can't say this joking because it's actually true, right? You've done some really incredible stuff. You, you created Bitcoin Uncensored. You, you, you did a podcast literally out of the bathroom. Um, did you ever like actually take a shit while you were doing Bitcoin Uncensored? Did that happen? Um, and then that's no, a question. I, I don't, I'm against pornography, so I didn't, I didn't use it okay, while okay, we got were it. there. I just held, I held it in the whole day. You can die of that. Be careful. But can you go through and tell us uh, what the what Bitcoin Uncensored was, why you created it, and why you're not doing it right now? Yeah. So Bitcoin Uncensored was, uh, I think, Bitcoin's earliest cultural podcast, probably set the stage for much of what Bitcoin culture has become today. Which is a little, it's a little weird to say that because uh, Bitcoin culture is a thing. And I don't think that people necessarily realize that until they're here for a while. And uh, they see that there's a lot of words that we use and a lot of uh, memes that we already have created. And, uh, you know, we are very sexist and misogynistic. And uh, a lot of us like HODL are very racist. So like we just try to like keep it real up in here and make sure that like Bitcoin's Bitcoin's a good reflection of like the rest of the world. Just because I keep telling you, you're not actually black. That doesn't make me racist. (laughs) Keep going. Well, so, uh, you know, Bitcoin uncensored. Just know you are outnumbered. By whites? No, no, no. HODL is outnumbered by non-whites right now. Coloreds. Yeah. You may be comfortable. You may be comfortable in a lot of other locations but i would even our producers white but we still have you outnumbered because june seth's on our side i don't know what q is he's like a quarter black or something non-persian i'm an enemy of america i am iranian same thing that's like somalian light (laughs) there there are all these culture rooms on clubhouse that jensen would go in and be like i'm black i'm allowed to say this and they go no you're not (laughs) yes i am well, I get them. I, the, the, the key to it is you have to get them to establish that black people can't be racist, and then if if <laughs> they if they establish that, then yeah. I can say anything I want from then on, and uh, and then like they don't know what to do when they like when you say something very racist, and they like it. so anyhow. So wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I want to I want to take a moment here. I want to get serious yeah. for a second because yeah. I think this is obviously the three of us say all sorts of crazy shit on Clubhouse. Or spaces, mm-hmm. we really enjoy yeah. doing that. But I think it is actually an interesting. Uh, well, it it matters. So it, Bitcoin uncensored in particular, like focused on irreverence, uh, and the reason it matters is because, like, I think there's a recognition that you need in Bitcoin that we are the first people to have thought any of the thoughts that we're thinking in Bitcoin. This is a new kind of money. So, like on Bitcoin uncensored, we had uh, the famed economist Nobel Prize winner Eugene Fama. He's the uh, creator. Get everyone else. I don't want to be alone. <laughs> he's a creator. He's the creator. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck that. 
it's not a monologue. Uh, he's a it creator. Makes you, seem, <laughs> makes you seem much more like a think boy when there you go. Yeah. Front <laughs> he's he's a creator of uh, efficient market hypothesis, which you know I think is a very important, a very important uh, uh, you know way to think about markets. But um, you know there are these like big economists, and they've never thought thoughts that we're thinking in Bitcoin, thoughts about proof of work and thoughts about whatever. So like uh, early on, I, I remember uh, it, Bitcoin Uncensored was with me and Krista Rose, my co-host. We were, we were co-hosts. And uh, I remember early on saying to Chris, like one of the important things you got to do is you got to make a character and then you have to stick with it no matter what. And I said, what has to be important in Bitcoin is if we're going to do characters, you have to pick a character that's irreverent because you, and, and you, have, to, you have to really live it because uh, like if Goldman Sachs calls you or JP Morgan calls you and says, it's time to like, come talk to us about blockchain. We want to talk about Bitcoin and blockchain. The, the reason they're calling you is because they're out of options. So they have to talk to you. You're the only one that they'll talk to. So like the culture of Bitcoin, as, as I perceived it, as I wanted it to be made, was this group of people who like, if, if you're the last option and you know it, you're the alpha male, you can walk in in your underwear through like Goldman Sachs security and they have to let you into the boardroom because who the fuck else are they going to call? Some like Don Tapscott, you know, <laughs> William Moogly Oogly. Like these guys, like these guys are idiots. They they'll, like bankrupt your company. So the only person that they'll they'll be able to talk to is is you know you, the guy who knows anything about anything. And uh, and they they knew that too. So um, you know that was what was funny. We get we get invited to these professional conferences. We, we spoke at the American Banker Conference and, uh, you know, we're up against like, you know, the CEO of some major, uh, some major remittance company and like Pantera Capital on the same, you know, discussion boards. And we're there with like shirts that say like, Jesus saves bro and like cats with colors, <laughs> like headphones on. So like, it was just a very different, like the whole, the whole point was to make Bitcoin or push irreverency on, on the Bitcoin community because like it is like the entire movement here is irreverent. It, it's, it's new. And these like suit wearing scammers can go fuck themselves. It's true. <laughs> Who's yeah. changing that it's shit? Me. It's all me. It's all me. <laughs> Hoddle, you're I hate best. you, Pete. Ah, I do what I can. I do what I can. I got to keep you on your toes. Um, John, so one of the things that I liked about, one of the things that I liked about what you were doing uh, was just like, there was like a merry prankster quality to it. And like, it was irreverent while being like hysterical, you know? <laughs> and I feel like some people have taken the message of irreverence and been like, I'm just gonna broadcast my feelings about how I hate the Jews. And it's like, that's not, you're not being like irreverent, my guy. Like, that's just, you're just being a dick. No, you're, you're right, Hoddle. I think that like, uh, I think that um, there is, there, there needs to be an irony with the irreverence, uh, an right. irony that's usually lacking. And yeah. uh, if you don't do things with the irony, like like that Jew joke, like you know, everyone knows that I don't hate all Jews, so like it's just like, it's very keep saying all, all is the qualifier. The qualifier, the qualifier is what makes it worse. No, no, but but I mean, for those that are that are super confused, the irreverence becomes so important because everybody takes everything so fucking seriously. Yeah. And being able to being able, you know, it's sort of like refusing to be put in the box that everybody expects you to operate within. 
it is a, a heady thing. It's, it, it, it allows you to say things that nobody else will say. And I think you, you maintain that, um, that like, uh, not friction, but that, that, that conflict in order to, I don't know. I, I, I don't really, why is that so important? Why is it important to maintain that? Uh, well, it, it depends. I mean, I, I always viewed Bitcoin Uncensored as art. So, um, and we've been in a postmodern era for quite some time. So if you know, you know what postmodernism is, uh, I think, I think it makes a lot more sense where you have this deconstruction of everything around you, deconstruction of truth and lies. And so the question of like, what is, what is truth is, is partly explored in Bitcoin Uncensored. It's, it's actually a, a weirdly important theme. <laughs> I, I hate to admit that there are themes because it, it makes it sound more intellectual than I ever want anyone to approach listening because I don't think you get anything out of it if you listen to it intellectually. But one of the themes that is extremely important in BU is uh, what is truth. And, uh, you know, there's a great example of this. Like if you look, we got accused by Ethereum, uh, members of the Ethereum Foundation of sending death threats. So we got a call one day from Coindesk and they asked us if we had been sending death threats to the Ethereum Foundation members. And I mean, of course we had been, you know, it's a thing that we, it's a, it's a thing that we, you know, are known to do. Uh, and we had to like, you know, sure, sure. We're so close. So we're good. so close to finally giving us an answer to a question. It's so good. Nothing but love and respect. There's a Coindesk article about it, you know, and uh, and as Chris said, we've he's he's been doing death threats his whole life. He's been sending them to people since he was eight. Oh my god! So. You know, what, that's, that, what does that even look like at the age of eight? Like pulling out the plastic <clears throat> knife you get? From, well, it was like, pre, lunch? I think it was really like before email or maybe it was like, you know, those like, like old BB boards you, or whatever. You'd like pass a note in class. You'd be like, hey, give this to yeah, somebody. Yeah, it was, I mean, like, and it says, like in, the age, in the age of like Pepe, it's much easier to send death threats. You know, um, I have some good examples of death threats people have sent me over the years. Oh, I would, wait, wait, I, wait. I'm going to cut you off. This is something I do want to go into. <laughs> What is up, my Bitcoin plebs? Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, BitMEX. If you've been in the Bitcoin space for longer than a week, then you probably already know BitMEX as the OG crypto derivatives exchange and one of the biggest supporters of the Bitcoin space in the last decade. But what you might not know is that BitMEX is launching a brand new spot exchange on the 17th of May to easily buy and sell Bitcoin and crypto. To celebrate, they're giving away $1 million in crypto to spot traders over the next few months, and they want you to be a part of it. The Bitcoin Magazine crew had the privilege of meeting their team a few months back, and they think that this is the start of something special for BitMEX and their users. Sign up at BitMEX.com today to catch a slice of the $1 million in crypto giveaway, and stay tuned to our podcast for future product offerings from their team. Again, don't miss out on the giveaway. Free sats are the best sats, so sign up today at BitMEX.com let's talk about the sort of uh your obsession with collectibles being yes. babies and pepe as it relates to this conversation like why is Pepe so interesting to so many people and 
why did Hillary Clinton say that uh, it was associated with the deplorables? Give me well, a real answer. Give me a real yeah, answer. Yeah. I want to hear your real answer. Okay, I always give real answers. Um, so the Hillary Clinton, so my, my obsession Wait, with collectibles. Start, start with this obsession with collectibles. My obsession with collectibles started just a long, long time ago. As a kid, I was very interested in collecting and I did it. I'm already bored every... of this question. Next question. I apologize for oh, asking. No, 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 question. no. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I got to get there. So like, uh, sorry, sorry, Pete. But uh, baseball cards and Lord of the Rings cards, uh, business cards before that, you know, when I was really young, I would collect business cards. I, I don't know. Just I, like there's an innate desire to collect. So, uh, you know, I lived the Beanie Baby craze in the 90s. I watched women punching each other in the aisles of Macy's to get like Spooky the Ghost with like the V mouth instead of the curved mouth, you know, because they already had the other one at home. So, uh, so I watched that all happen and I was just, I've, I, I loved the Beanie Baby thing as a kid. I had a spreadsheet with the prices of Beanie Babies that I bought and then the prices that I would sell them at. And I just remember watching Beanie Babies and hearing and like being very honest about what I was hearing. And I would hear these like, like my friend's mothers tell, tell me things like, um, you know, this is Humphrey the Camel. Uh, it's worth about 600 bucks today. Someday it's going to be worth more than your college tuition and i'm just really really proud to have like gotten this for you and of course none of that ever happened and uh and it was pure delusion and i remember the feeling of like the fact that i everyone knew that that was a lie but everyone was willing to indulge the delusion and i've seen that happen numerous times in my life with all sorts of collectibles so i've, I've really developed sort of a, a collectibles thesis um that's that's really good for me helps me understand things um, and like, it's really, it was great for like the NFT stuff. So in Bitcoin, we have NFTs, obviously, um, the, the, the rare Pepe's are a good example. Those really come out of the Bitcoin uncensored culture. So sometimes I'll claim that I invented NFTs cause they kind of do come out of the show, but really it was a team of like, uh, people that executed on this, this really uh, simple thing, which is they put like, you know, receipts on the blockchain and then they put like images and like Imgur. <laughs> And, and uh, a service and, and on Bitcoin points to these images, basically, and says this output like is is indicative of this image. So that's that's where the NFT thing really started. And I saw that I just thought it was so fucking funny because it really was art. Again, a commentary on exactly what you could do with the blockchain, and it was just fucking hilarious. And it turned out a few years later, as we just saw. That that's exactly what happened. Everyone did exactly what we thought they would do. So it's your fault. Well, I mean, whenever artists come in and they talk about the the billions of dollars that artists have made, I, I usually I usually uh, give them a "you're welcome." I really appreciate the, uh, <laughs> the appreciation you're giving. So, June said, background on me before I was full blown into Bitcoin in Bitcoin Magazine, I actually was an agent in Hollywood. And so oh. you are the perfect case study of why you have to own your ideas. Cause bro, this is a lifetime of quick little, give me my 1% fee. I, I created this shithole casino that so many people spend their time on. Like besides the joking, the joking aside though, how do you feel about what that market has turned into from what you originally try to create or originally envision well, this is what i tried everything i make is fart jokes so 
like you are you are all in this nft universe all i could see was the whole world being enveloped in my fart and it was the greatest feeling i've ever had in my life i just i loved it it, it like i've never seen a joke get so serious and the whole world was wafting it and telling me about the smell and like the uh, the the eau de fat the uh of my own like inner inner body smell they were coming into clubhouse and every other place and be like oh it smells so good and i'm just like yeah okay here's some more you know and so like that was the whole nft craze is it really was like mm -hmm. for me like people living the uh the experience of what i would have considered maybe the world's worst but most pr prophetic art i think it's really sad that you know, Peter McCormick decided to cut the part of you talking about people wafting their farts in their faces <laughs> out of the interview you did with yeah, him. Yeah, it's a common complaint. I, I was I was talking the other day about how uh, there was a highly edited interview, uh, like the whole shirtless thing. I didn't take my shirt off, not once in that interview. Hoddle knows he was there. I was there. I was very drunk. Did you see it, Hoddle? Whose body was that even? Yeah, it was a, they brought in a double. We were in L.A., so, you know. Just the perfect body match and face. No, match. it wasn't a perfect. I have a six pack. When we uh, when we went to dinner that night in Beverly Hills, we showed up at some fancy restaurant, and Jensen <laughs> told the hostess, "He goes, uh, hey, what's up? We need a table. I'm Leonardo DiCaprio." <laughs> she goes, <laughs> and he was like, "I'm just fat for a role." I said, I'm a fat suit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Hoddle, next time you come to LA, you have to hit me up. I'm going to be offended if you come to LA and leave without hitting me up. For I'm sure, telling, man. Tell you I, was, you're, I you're, was just there. My FOMO is coming out. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let me let me ask this as, you know, the young in, in the class. Of, shut up, P. In the class of elder states. How, how old are you, Q? Uh, well, 18. P is 112. 14. I'm 29. You're not that young. But my big my Bitcoin years are far younger than everyone everyone here at the table. You, Bitcoin makes you very old. Mm -hmm. Hence the reason why P is 101 years old. Bitcoin's a logarithmic thing. It's real slow. It's like like one sure. year is is like three years, and then like by year four or five, all of a sudden, like every day is like one year's time. It's true. So at what point does it go from? one year being one day to one day being one year. I don't know, but you know when it happens. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Good to know. You know, well, it, like, you know, when you see it, nothing I'm, matters I'm anymore at that point. Call. You're just kind of like, you're going around like nothing fucking matters at all. <laughs> I, I feel like I've just recently reached that point. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm about seven and a half, eight years in. So yeah, it's like right around there. You just That's stop. Like it's Bitcoin mountain, man. You get you're to the top. You you look at you look at everyone around you, you realize that like everyone around you is crazy, <laughs> transgendered, gay, me, and like you just you just kind of look at it and you're like, you just kind of look at it and you're like, hey. highlight that. There is this quote. How did we? There's a plumber over there in the corner, and you're like, how did we all get here? And like piles of laundry, and like Bruce Fenton's over there talking to like <laughs> he's running like for the Senate. Charles Hoskinson, like they like, <laughs> bro. There's this quote I love, uh, which is being early by one year will make you rich, and being early by ten years will drive you insane. And I feel it's like true. 
we're we're on the insane end of the spectrum. There's you know? a there's a Bitcoiner in like Thailand who's very wealthy who like lives in a hotel and just like pees on the floor. <laughs> Is that what you aspire to, Joseph? I I believe Me? that a million percent. A million. I I aspire I aspire P to being able to pretend like I do that. Like if I could live that life, like I would like to have. I, I would aspire to be like, I'm going to just pee on the floor. And then like, you know, people believe that like, that is who I could be in the way that like people believe Donald Trump might be the kind of guy to have like hookers pee on him in a bed that like, you know, exactly. Barack Obama wants to, I want to be, I want people to think that might be who I could be. I mean, See, I don't think Trump would because someone would have come out and said it. Like well, they did their whole dossier about it. They, 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 everyone thinks that he did that. So like, they, like it happened, and people were like, eh, "Yeah, he probably the kind of guy that, that. Yeah. he may have made out of." But he's yeah, the kind of guy. One of these women that who peed on him would have been like, "Yo, I peed on Donald Trump." Oh, I see. She who pooped on Odell Beckham Jr. came out and said, "Yo, I took a shit on Odell Beckham Jr." and his career has been the same. You know, unfortunately, there are probably going to be more cautionary tales in Bitcoin. Uh, because of the Bitcoin wealth driving people insane, then there are going to be success stories. You know, explain. That. It'll probably be mostly cautionary tales. I think Bitcoin is like high level math. Do, do you do you buy that? Wait, uh, wait, wait. I want to. Yeah. I want to mind what Hoddle just said. Keep going, Hoddle. Yeah, like. Well, you, do you mean the, like the sense of like, is I, it like winning the lottery and people will just blow it? Or I think Jen Seth means it's like high level math in the sense like how chess champions tend to go insane. It's a brain like, virus. Yeah. yeah. Like for some reason, the way that it makes you think, like if you get in and you start thinking about it, particularly because it's money, like you've thought about money one particular way your whole life. And so I, I apologize, Pete, but I, I meant to mind plumb the depths of Hoddle's comment. So like you, you, you think about money a certain way, it's paper, it's whatever, like you're kind of introduced to concepts that you haven't really like strongly considered. So you get a credit card, you're like, I know that if I have my credit card, I got to pay it at the end of the month. But you're not thinking about like, the fact that yeah. these are like bank IOUs and like a check, like you don't think about the fact that like it doesn't settle right away. You like hand on the thing. It's as good as settled in your mind unless you're like kiting and you like understand settlement a lot, you know, you know, uh, more than other people. But like Bitcoin is like on a silver platter, sort of an entire financial system that forces you to deal with the reality of what is money in its entirety. And yeah. like, that breaks for some reason that level of depth in any subject seems to break people and make them retarded. Mm -hmm. It's like, have you ever been, you know, Bitcoin's sort of like a language, like money's like a language that you think in, right? And Bitcoin's like a new language that we're all learning. Um, and have you ever like had this experience where you've been really high and you've just like kept repeating a word to yourself? And the more you repeat the word, the less the word makes sense. And then you just deconstruct it all the way back through the origins of its etymology in your mind. And you're just like, what the fuck is this word? And then you just like, you either have to have a schizophrenic break at that point or snap out of it and just be like, oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like that. I think the last word that happened to me with was bricolage. I was just bricolage. Bricolage. It's like knickknacks. Mm. Just said it over and over and over again, yeah. and then I was just curled in the in the corner like in a ball. Just I I, <laughs> I, I do think that um, interacting with Bitcoin changes the way you think, for sure. Um, and especially the longer you've been in Bitcoin, the more you've been sucked into the 
you know, the black hole that is Bitcoin. Once you're past the event horizon, it's like things that were on the other side of the event horizon don't even make any sense anymore, you know? And uh, yeah, I don't know what the, what happens next. I'm just along for the ride like everybody else. Bitcoin does represent sort of an event horizon. Uh, you're right. And, yeah. and, you know, like that's, that's the thing. Like, I think, I think there's another part of it too, for many of the people who got wealthy. Uh, like if you ever played like SimCity 2000 or something like that, and you had the fund code, you just type in fund and then you're done. You don't have to do anything else. So a lot of people bought Bitcoin early on and now they're billionaires and like the game is done and they didn't even do anything. They just, they cheat coded it. And that's a, that's a, that's a mind bending exercise that probably will turn you into like a socialist <laughs> to realize you did, you did no work and became a billionaire. I love this comment that says, I came here for intellectual discussion on Bitcoin only to find four idiots talking about peeing on each other. <laughs> well, don't forget his follow-up comment to stick to the coders at Cardano. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much. At least, look, if he was saying Litecoin, then maybe Hoddle, you would agree with him and, yeah. and be on his side. Listen, uh, pay me in Litecoin. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. Like, Do not buy Litecoin. Like, yeah. So wait, also, nothing we do here is financial advice. There's no financial okay. advice given on this show. Give me super chats. I don't even know what that means. Here's yeah. my question. <laughs> During this last bull cycle on Clubhouse, you would be one of the only voices of reason. And when I, June Seth, people would be, <laughs> myself included, just like, fucking, we're going to the fucking moon. There is no cycle. And you would be the person that would be like, hey, look, you cannot tell you know an older american who is living on a fixed income to ratio themselves into bitcoin and i find it really interesting that it's like being a contrarian you're a contrarian in, in all ways and all times and yet you are also infuriatingly uh right or at least you were then and I, i'm gonna say you're wrong about everything else but Everyone, everyone says that all the time. Uh, the thing about, I mean, Bitcoin Uncensored is funny to listen to now because you listen, like, and I'm going to comment on BU and then I'll come back to this. You listen to BU, the commentary on BU at the time was, you guys are right about this thing, but wrong about everything else. You're always wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And then the hindsight of like five, 10 years, everyone goes back and is like, wow, there's like 80% of this is right. Like 90% of this happened. And um, I think it's like, there's just a lot of things that are very obvious, right? And I think during, uh, oh, hello, how? Uh, during, uh, during a bull, like a bull run, there's, there has to be an upper limit uh, on these things, right? Because there's only so much money that, that can be expended in these things. And like, it's, it's got to reach heights and it's got to, it's got to like, it's going to come down. And, and I don't know when that's going to happen. But there's just general principles of finance. Like I believe, like I said, strongly in efficient market hypothesis. So if you apply like good principles of finance to Bitcoin, you can you can come to these conclusions that actually are really, really important during like bull runs and bear bear markets. Like during bear markets, I'm deploying capital to buy Bitcoin. During bull runs, I'm like selling on the way up. And my dad and my dad always calls me during the bull runs and asks if it's time to put money into Bitcoin. He's a retired old man. Who's probably seen out. I guess the thing that I found so interesting is that 
the public perceptions that both you and Hoddle have as these incredibly irascible, angry personas in these longer form conversations, you actually were so in very unexpected ways, compassionate and would spend honestly hours talking to random people really going into the nuances of these complicated topics. I I personally just found that totally unexpected and, uh, it was just very interesting to me. Well, someone has to combat the stupid pee. <laughs> I I used to tell people like basically like judge me on my work because my personality is just for effect. Like it, it's just a tool. You know what I mean? Being this way or that, uh, you know, like this type of humor. You know, trying to shock people out of their uh predetermined like patterns of belief or whatever like they're all just tools that you can use to try and get through to people it's really fucking difficult to get through to people and if you approach everybody in like sort of this this one note like um i love bitcoin and bitcoin is great and i want you to buy bitcoin uh, i love you it's not like who who's gonna listen to a person who's like that that's you know i would never listen to that message like well, I, I tell people to judge me how <laughs> yeah. judge me judge yeah. me please i'm the worst person you've ever met i'm a neo-nazi uh a white supremacist uh misogynist yeah you name it i am, I am it i'm a transgendered cis white male who's also black the transphobic like, you met i'm also transphobic uh self-contained like i'm just the, I'm anything that's bad just uh cast it on me also if you're 60 or above don't don't YOLO into Bitcoin. Bitcoin Tina. <laughs> no, I mean, like the thing is like in Bitcoin and in, in every, in every space, but like this again was like the desanitization of Bitcoin, like Bitcoiners still do it. And it really annoys me, but like the notion that we follow people have like these oracles. Um, yeah. Like there's a de-oracalization that needs to happen. Like, you, you know, like, you don't want to listen to Elon Musk tell you what to do. You don't want to listen to like Bill Gates or anything like that. Uh, there's Michael Saylor, like seems like a perfectly nice guy. Like, I don't give a shit what he does. Like right. he's new, you know, and even if he wasn't new, like I know guys that weren't new that started scams and, you know, came here and instead of scamming, they, they, they drop Bitcoin because like it didn't treat them well, something like that. Well, so, and it's like, I bet you like uh, for me anyway, this is true. And I bet it's true for you too, is that like a large part of the humor and the irreverence and everything is like, don't follow me. Do not follow me. I'm just, no, hate me. Hate me. That's yeah. Fine. I'm just some, I'm just some dude. Uh, you know, here's a like, fart joke. Also, here's some advice. If you think the right, advice is right. good, follow it, but like laugh at the fart joke. Um, like these are all really like very important aspects. I think, I think just in life in general, like mm-hmm. the, this idea of the Oracle, the Oracle is, is very dangerous, especially to movements like Bitcoin, because yeah. like, you know, for all the, for all the paranoid autists that are here who believe the CIA is in control of everything, they sure do give the CIA or whoever the hell wants to a great vector of control just by believing every important person who's new, you know, yeah. like, Oh, Elon Musk now. Oh, like, Oh, this week it's sailor. You know, next week it's Kim.com, like whatever the fuck it is. But these people, they just love following these like uh, Oracle, these famous individuals that come to Bitcoin. Why Why would Gary V know what an NFT is? 
Like, like, why would he know more than you? He just got here. Yeah, he got here. Why do you, Why do you think he's here? Do you think he's here to like to describe to you the great benefits it's going to be to his business that NFTs have been invented, or do you think he's here to take your money? By the way, also one of the things uh, there's a lot of hypocrisy in the Bitcoin space. All these people being like, <coughs> I'm, "I'm self-sovereign, extreme personal responsibility, blah blah blah," but then also it's like, "Hey, bro." You shielded me that thing and I bought it. And now I'm poor. And it's like, what happened to extreme personal responsibility? Did that just go out the window? You're responsible for your own life, dipshit. Like, so figure it out. No one else is responsible for you. Well, you I've know? learned that too in investments. Like I've done much better in, in like the, not, not in the earliest part of the Bitcoin, you know, like when the cycles, like we're going from like 18 cents to like thousands, but um, in the latter years, as I've learned, of, sort of learned how to manage my own finances in Bitcoin, in the uh, you know selling as it goes up and buying as it goes down and such, I've just done much better. And like I, I, I don't depend on anyone else's predictions or like discussion. I have like non-algorithmic or I have algorithmic-only strategies for my own trading that are based on like principles of efficient markets. And like the result is that I, I don't feel bad. about anything Mm -hmm. i don't blame anybody for anything i always have you know money to pay the taxes um i don't have to sell bitcoin uh at at, at bad times i have cash on the side when bitcoin goes down um i get to take profits when bitcoin goes up like it's just i i think that the self-sovereignty thing really requires uh individuals to really dig in and understand exactly what it is that they're holding and most people Mm -hmm. don't have that yeah, I think also you got to pick this. You got to know yourself. You got to have a high degree of metacognition, which just means thinking about your own thinking and, and know who you are and what you do and what you can handle and what you can stomach. And maybe being 100% in and hodling is not the right move for you because you just, you know, have, have a high degree of emotional volatility. You can't stomach it, whatever. Like me personally, I am 100% in and hodling. That, that is my strategy. Um, but it works for me. Like, it's not an easy strategy, I'll be honest. And 90, 99% of people that do something are going to be wrong about how they handle down yeah. markets. Like, it's no. it's insane. I know people that are like, oh, I could handle it, no problem. And then I watch them, like, the day the market falls. And, like, I, I that Mr. Bean thing where he's sitting there on the, like, roller coaster. Like, that's me now. But, like, it took me years to get there. A lot of cycles yeah. for me to stop giving a shit. But, like, that's not you you just can't you cannot show up here and be that person if you've never yeah. done this before you are a psychological human and and it's very difficult to watch half of your money disappear in 20 minutes and be okay with that <laughs> it's really really weird totally you show up here as a unformed block of marble right and then like over time you get chiseled away at and then you become really? you know, whatever you're going to become you know, as long as you, sit, you sit your family down you're like okay guys um really excited your father um has made you all the children of a millionaire uh we're worth a lot of millions of dollars so uh congratulations to all of you for picking me as your dad uh just we're we did it guys we did it and then like three days later he said like hey guys um we're impoverished we have nothing left (laughs) We can't afford Snicker bars. I, we, I know what I said the other day, but like it is off the table. No vacations. <laughs> Disney's gone. You're gonna move into that mansion. Not happening. I had to. I rescinded it. I actually let them keep 
the down payment. Just oh we're not God. doing anything. And then two days later, you're like back. You're like, guys, <laughs> we've made it. We're, we're double what I told you two days ago. Great. Uh, like, we're so. Then the next day, guys, actually, <laughs> off again. It's all gone. Everything's gone. Like, how do you handle that emotionally? Like, you think, you think about like. You, I literally. <laughs> this would be the great. This would be a great like Bitcoin skit. Like, <laughs> I, it's, this is just me. I'm just actually that person. I like. I gave my wife a speech when we were at like 69k. I was like, listen. <laughs> I remember I was sitting at the kitchen table. I was like, "You don't have to work. No one has to work." I was like, "I am just better than everyone. I'm just right. Everyone else is wrong. I'm never going to listen to anyone ever again. Only myself. I'm the only one who knows what's real." And then, uh, like, drops. You're like, "Babe, we have runway enough for like like, four years. We got. We got to hope that." (laughs) Like two two weeks ago, I was like, "So, um, the pool guy. I can probably put the chemicals in myself. Like, that's not a big deal." Food delivery shopping apps. Absolutely. I'm gonna go do that. I'm gonna go yeah, do I was that. Like, I'll I'll start doing the cooking <laughs> around here. Like, don't worry about it, babe. I got you. <laughs> honestly, honestly, like we clean, we we get what a maid every day. Let's uh let's let's bring her down to once a month and we'll just keep things tidy in between. <laughs> Clearly, Jim Seth, you got rid of the maid like in the last bear market because your house is well, I usually have a green screen to cover this up. I just have green screens everywhere, so my wife doesn't know what the house looks like. But this is how she interacts with you through. You're yeah. like, we can't have a real conversation. Interact with yeah. through the, the podcast. <laughs> no, this is uh, so. What what's happened is in our in our uh, right now we have COVID, so everything's excused. But uh, what's happened is the rest of the house we live in a tiny little spot. I, I have a little 1,100 square foot apartment. Part of my investment thesis, very simply is that houses are the quickest way to delete your uh, future wealth. And uh, so we have a very small home. Uh, my, my housing budget per month is uh, about $1,000 total. Never say a number. It's about $1,000 total. For each you and your wife or just you, like total, to buy? Total. So where in the fuck can you get a place for a thousand dollars a month? Mind you, I'm coming from Los Angeles. So yeah. I, are you in a box um, under the freeway? This is just a very elaborately painted set behind him. It's all just <laughs> it's, cardboard and nothing. No, else. I mean, like, you, you know, you, you can find, you can find places uh, in Florida. That's where we are. Um, but you, you know, you get a 30 year mortgage, you uh, amortize it out and you look at it, like, especially when the interest rates are very low and uh, you know, like these were just cheap places. So, you know, at some point we'll probably buy a nicer one, but it's just, it's just like a lot of people buy these big houses. And if you do the math on how much you delete over time, particularly from like a Bitcoin uh, sort of point of view, the amount of uh, the amount of growth you're giving up over time is humongous. And like, there has to be a time when you're willing to kind of give that up. But it seems like if you can push that off as far as you can and have, what is it? A high time preference. Is that, is that the, the right one or low time? I never no, it's, it's the opposite of what I think. So. It's a middle time preference. It's a middle a time. time. <laughs> You'd have a middle time preference. Um, if you can, if you can have a time preference that uh, pushes out the desire to, to, to purchase something big, like you, you just end up a lot wealthier. So like um, mm-hmm. we have a very small place and the, the room that I've ultimately set up in here is kind of my, uh, the, the room where all the, the mess goes from the rest of the house, just like the computer room. So, what were the kind of psychology, the, uh, I don't know, psychological profiles of people, or even just for yourselves, going through the various having cycles? Like, what was your 
conviction level, personal beliefs around whether or not you'd be eating cat food uh, <laughs> in the future, like starting from first cycle, second cycle, third cycle. Joseph can go first because he's seen all the cycles. I've only seen two. So I've, I've been in a weird position, I think, because Bitcoin has always felt expensive to me at all times. Um, I've said this to other people. When Bitcoin was uh, 18 cents, I was sleeping on air mattresses and barely paying my electric. When Bitcoin was $7, uh, I was, you know, making enough to eat ramen. Uh, when Bitcoin was like 14 to 200, I was, you know, uh, my business, my first business was just getting uh, off the ground and uh, kind of, you know, tapping out. Uh, when Bitcoin was at a thousand, that business was kind of like clear to me that wasn't going to work out when Bitcoin, you know, and I started another one, um, you know, it took another seven years for that to really get off the ground. Like Bitcoin for me at like 30,000 was very expensive and now it's very expensive. It's always kind of been the same type of expensive in terms of like my own uh, ability to buy it. So like, for me, I've always felt very much like an observer of Bitcoin. Like I'm a participant in some ways, but I've always felt very much like an observer. And I think that was kind of crucial with the BU stuff because in some ways we were the Madden of like, uh, of, of Bitcoin. We would just kind of laugh at people who had really bad takes and stupid thoughts and, uh, and then, and then announce it and just like kind of announce the game on the field. So like, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing. I've just always felt like an observer of Bitcoin. Like I'm not really like the idea of like a Bitcoin community to me. I think that the, the idea of a culture is important, but like the idea of a specific Bitcoin community, like these people that want to establish citadels. I mean, half the people in Bitcoin are retarded. I don't want to hang out with them. Uh, so like they're aut they're autistic, they're dumb. They're like, you know, hot chicks that are here to like get my money. Uh, you know, like there's, there's very few people that are like worth my time. So like, I, I don't, and, and I'm probably not worth, you know, yours as a anti-Semitic, uh, Jew hating, uh, neo-Nazi, like you probably don't want to hang out with me. <laughs> so I'll go, I'll go the, uh, I came in, luckily I had, um, I had been aware of Bitcoin 2011, uh, to buy drugs on the Silk Road. I didn't end up going through with that because uh, sending drugs to yourself through the mail was a felony. And I was like, no, thanks. So I didn't end up buying the Bitcoin. I probably should have. It was like seven bucks at the time or something like that. Then in 2013, my buddy came to me at the bar and he was like, bruh, remember those Bitcoins? I was like, yeah. He's like, they're $1,200. I was like, this was my chance to get rich. And I blew it. Right. And so I spent the rest of my night nursing my beer. But I knew enough to know you don't FOMO in at the top of something. So I waited. And then I saw like, you know, post Mt. Gox collapse that uh, Bitcoin is trading like low 200. And I was like, cool. And that was a good time. So I started buying Bitcoin then, wrote it up 20K and 17, wrote it back down. And I think that's the part that's most analogous to where we're at now, I think, is uh, in 2017 or sorry, 2018, like late 2018, when the price bottomed around 3200. It felt very similar to how we're at now. I'm not going to call a bottom, but like 17K felt like capitulation to me. And, uh, you know, there was just this sort of internal sense I had that like nothing has changed. Nothing is fundamentally different with Bitcoin. In fact, Bitcoin got stronger because it just got through the block size war or whatever. So I'm going to I'm going to batten down the hatches. I'm going to stack more Bitcoin. 
this thing might not come back until 2023, 2024. That's what I was thinking at the time. And I was like, I'm just going to go the distance with it and buy as much Bitcoin as I can. That's what I did. And then that was sort of when I became American HODL because I was like, I need to rally the troops. Everyone needs to do this in unison. And so then I was like out on Twitter being like, stack your fucking coins, you pieces of shit, whatever. And just whatever tactics I would use to make that happen. And Paul, Paul Revere. Yeah, kind of like Paul Revere style. And then now when we're stack at Stack your shit! This, the, um, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like Bitcoiners are playing a game of chicken with the Federal Reserve and hodling is you just not swerving and stacking is you pressing the gas harder, right? But if you panic sell, you swerved like a little bitch and you've lost the game of chicken, right? And I think in order to win a game of chicken, you have to be willing to die. Those are the people who win the game, right? So if you just go, listen, I'm going to put all of my net worth into this and I'm either going to be fucking poor as shit or rich as balls. And there's not going to be a middle ground. Like that's where I'm at. And you have that level of conviction. Like now's a great time for you. I don't know. A good game of chicken always ends with either one winner or two losers. Exactly. Because they both die. Yeah. 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 One winner or two losers. It's like Russian roulette. Yeah. I'm just having this vision in my head of like two chickens running full tilt at each other. I, I read a, I read a, I read the whole, uh, I read the whole Wikipedia article this morning on the uh, why did the chicken cross the road joke. Ooh, ooh. Where did it come yeah. from? Would the you Wikipedia. like to? Yeah. It comes from some, uh, some like almanac from like the you know 1800s or 1700s. It's actually it, and uh, it was. It's it's a very like highfalutinly uh, written about joke, but they they make the point in the Wikipedia article uh, that like basically all iterations of it are recalls back to the joke, which is which is interesting because the first joke isn't really that funny, but the recalls are simply for the purpose of like recalling the badness of the first joke. But then there's also good iterations, like why did yeah, the chicken like, cross the Mobius strip? So is the original joke just why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other but, side? Basically, yeah. That's that's the original joke. Yeah. What was your favorite variation? I like I like why did the chicken cross the Mobius strip? What's the answer? Did you get to the same side? I don't like that joke. Yeah. It's like attacked. <laughs> Angered. That, that's honestly Angered. very autistic humor. I don't think I've ever heard a good version of that joke. They're not good. They're none of them are good. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite joke is uh, why did the chicken why did the chicken cross the playground? Uh oh, why? here it comes to get oh. to the other slide. Ooh. I remember that from when I was like four, bro. I didn't see that one coming. All right, fair enough. Hoddle, what's your favorite joke? Oh, my favorite joke is uh, knock knock. Who's that? Who's that? Nine eleven. Nine eleven. Who? You said you'd never forget, bro. <laughs> oh, he got you. He fucking got you. I like that one. It's a good one. Do you want to know my favorite joke? Yes. And it said, what's 9-11? face. That was a terrible joke. My face is gorgeous, and you know this. Um, I laughed. It was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about it. No one else. This is just for us. I'm sorry, audience members. I finally got access to Dolly 2. It's incredible. Did you really? All of my dreams. Okay, before, before we do that. Before Pete, can, we do you make, that. can you make some pictures of me? 
Yes. No, he can't because he literally used all of his I did. I did. trial I records already. Can you send some pictures of me? He resets he everything for us. text of 9-11 gender reveal, and I thought it was one of the most genius things I'd ever seen. <laughs> so I, I wish pink I could... smoke coming off. I wish I could take full credit for that. I, I that was my own version of that, uh, but I saw the the, the prompt from somebody it was else. Funny. But, uh, it was right, funny. If we don't get canceled by the end of this stream, I'll be very very proud of Bitcoiners out there. No, we're gonna edit it. No, you time. won't get canceled. You won't get canceled. Don't worry. Um, all right, I want I want to hear a little bit more like story time. Talk to us about these market downturns in the past. June, Seth, you've seen them all. Hoddle, you sat there sipping on beers during the first one. What? Hoddle well, did what not is... sip on beers in the first. He did not remember the first one. <laughs> first, so second one. First. What's yeah, the, what's the, really the... and what's different between some of these past iterations of those drawdowns and what we see today? Well, let me let me take you through them as I recall. They're all very different, and this is what like is frustrating because like in every rise up, the fervor is the same. Like yeah. American Hoddle comes out and he goes, we're gone to a billion. And I got to be like, Hoddle, Hoddle, pull your pants down. I got to grab his penis and kind of keep him like on, on earth, like a, like a balloon handle, a string. Yep. It's very thin penis. And, um, but like that happens during every rise up. And the thing is like, it's hard because there's, you don't know when these things are going to hit a top and you just, there's enough, there's no indicator. So I remember the first one, was like uh, there was a story on NPR about Bitcoin, and right after that story, like Bitcoin, and I, th- I think it was right around the time of like uh, there's a, number, a couple of other things that were happening, around, but the way that I remember was NPR, and uh, it shot up. Bitcoin shot up, and Tone Vase uh, always tells this differently because he I don't think was actually around at that time and has like re-gone through the history and. <laughs> and change the story um, to, to suit what he thought happened, but it didn't. And if you were here, you would know. But like uh, NPR ran the story, it shoots up to about 30 bucks from like sub $1. And like, I, it was the weirdest thing anyone ever seen. Cause like it goes from like, you know, basically sub $1 to 30 bucks. And then it just starts crashing right away. And on the way down, that's right at the time that Wikipedia announces that, or uh, not Wikipedia, Julian Assange's one. WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. Yeah. WikiLeaks announces that they're going to start taking Bitcoin. So this is what, what Tone tells us that the WikiLeaks started to do. But if you look at the, the price that like is coming down, it was about halfway through like the $20 floor at 30, 35, and then came down to like 20 bucks. And uh that that crash was just caused because I think the gas of the number of people ran out. And then Bitcoin sat there back at around a dollar, two dollars for like a number of years. And then that was like from there, it started, it like all of a sudden started to rise up. And I remember I was in like Skype groups at that time with a bunch of people. By the way, I don't think it was years. I think it was like 15 months max. Sure felt like years. Yeah. It felt like many years. And uh, I was in these like Skype groups with people. I remember when uh, this is around the time that, like Bitcoin Magazine actually got transferred over to, uh, to Gleepy because this would have been right. Right around the pirate for I know you're looking confused and you're like Tony Galipi owned Bitcoin magazine. And the answer is yeah, he did. Well, <laughs> hey, I, I know that Vitalik, the only good thing he ever invented and created was Bitcoin magazine. No, he did not. He didn't. That's that's a rewriting of the history. Oh, interesting. Complete lie. He was just a writer. 
He was an early contributor to Bitcoin Mag. Complete and utter lie. He just wrote a few articles here and there, and uh, they re- they wrote him into the history. The early history of Bitcoin Magazine, it was owned by a bunch of Bitcoiners, a group of guys, uh, and one of whom was a guy named Matthew N. Wright. And Matthew N. Wright, have you heard his name before? He's been written out of the history of Bitcoin. He was a guy in Korea. And Matthew N. Wright was a, kind of a prankster, uh, also kind of an idiot, just a prick. But I liked him. He's a nice guy. Nice enough. And an uh, early Bitcoiner. And he was one of the big owners of Bitcoin Magazine, like one of the major owners, um, probably even instrumental in Bitcoin Magazine. And uh, Pirate at 40 was having some trouble paying bets. Matthew N. Wright created this bet. He said that, I think it was September 14th, he believed that uh, Pirate at 40 would pay off this debt. September 14th, what, 2013 or something, 2014, maybe 20, probably 2013 or 2012. I don't remember what year it was. You can actually find the spreadsheet online still, I believe. Um, Matthew and Wright's spreadsheet and who's on it. You'll recognize a lot of the names. Uh, but he made this bet. I think it was for 10,000 Bitcoin or $10,000 worth of Bitcoin. I don't remember exactly. But that he said that Pirate would pay off uh, this, you know, any of the debts that he that he owed. And that date came and went and it didn't happen. So everyone called on Matthew to pay his debt. And at that time, all of the management of the community was done on Bitcoin talk forums and you'd get a scammer label. So Matthew had volunteered to get a scammer label if he didn't pay his, his debts, uh, if this ever actually came to pass. So when Pirate didn't pay the bet, uh, didn't pay off his debts, Matthew owed this stuff. And he said, I was just kidding. I was just doing it to show you guys how gullible you are and how, how, how quickly you listen to someone who's going to like make an offer that's bullshit. So he didn't pay. So he got the scammer label. He got pushed out. And the result was a giant mess with Bitcoin Magazine that in a small community of Bitcoiners required an unwinding. Even though this seems like a relatively small scam that wouldn't really roil much today, in a small community, it was huge. So Bitcoin Magazine was ripped away from him. And uh, Tony Galipi stepped in, financed it, uh, bought it, um, rebranded it and uh, did a number of other things until eventually David bought it. I don't know who David actually bought it from, but I imagine it was Tony. Vitalik had literally virtually nothing to do with any of that. He got rewritten in later. So he wrote himself in. Almost Someone like... wrote him in. Probably Tony. Interesting. But it's all bullshit. Like, to get to Vitalik... Has used that as like an affinity piece. He did nothing. Vitalik did nothing. Remember, find Vitalik. Matthew. Find Matthew and write. Find the history of Bitcoin Magazine. Jen said, uh, "Maybe you could enlighten some of the new users because you'll remember it better than I do. Uh, I was a noob at the time, but uh, you could tell people about Vitalik's quantum computing scam that he was running." Oh Pre- yeah, Vitalik used to go around before Ethereum, and he was pitching uh, quantum miners. Yeah. for uh, blockchain. Yeah, you can find this online. There's a couple instances of him pitching it. And uh, he was, he, he's, Vitalik's kind of a retard. He, mm-hmm. uh, he just, he doesn't know what's true. He claims to be good at math. He claims to be all these things. But the truth is, he's just willing to kind of like repeat any scam. So he's he's been used over the years by people who are a little bit more intelligent than him. 
and who see the genius in like using an autistic child uh, in a way to like pump the price of something and, uh, and to be sort of rendered a divine entity. This goes like to the Joe, Oracle problem you're talking about. Like earlier. Joe Lubin. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Gavin Wood. Uh, Gavin Joe Wood. Lubin. Joe yeah. Lubin's a later, a latecomer. But Vitalik, uh, I think, was pretty well aware. I think he knew that Ethereum wouldn't work. Uh, I mean, in fact, I'm fairly certain of it. I told him numerous times. Uh, told him harshly enough that he wrote an article, uh, not, not naming me by name, but he wrote, wrote an article coining the term Bitcoin maximalism after having a big blow up with me and Chris. And so we were, we always like to say, and it's true, like he, he almost certainly wrote that article as a result of, of uh, discussing with us. So we are the first Bitcoin maxis. Um, but that's, yeah. That's a super interesting story. How did the term Bitcoin maxi become a thing that was kind of reclaimed by you and others in the community. Well, it was, it was instant P it was instant. Yeah. Like, uh, so Vitalik came in, we used to, a lot of things. So there's in Bitcoin, there's been these communities around which like a lot of activities occurred. So Merchant Popescu had the big uh, Bitcoin assets group. Um, he died last year, as you remember, uh, in a surfing accident, rest in peace. Allegedly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think for real. Um, I, I liked him a lot. He's a very good Bitcoin troll, despite probably being the worst person in the world. I've done my best to be worse than him, but uh, I don't know yeah, that I've succeeded. Yeah, no. he, he went on to see our Lord and Savior, Hitler. And, uh, you know, like, I think that he'll probably be doing very well there uh, in Hitler heaven. But... <laughs> Straight face is hard today. Keep it It's the going. COVID... It's Keep a COVID. It going. Okay. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, there's, there were these little communities and, uh, one of the big ones was the counterparty community, we, which we had on Skype and, uh, and Skype was where like, you know, basically what would happen is you'd have these floaters around and you could sort of summon people into these communities. So like Bitcoin assets, for example, one time I, I came up with this uh, meme that uh, took, took, took Bitcoin by storm. And it was the uh, space ghost with uh, the words, I'm new to Bitcoin. I, I, uh, I just heard about Bitcoin, I'm here to fix it. Um, so Mercha puts on his blog, Trilemma. He goes, who came up with this? And he puts that up there. And so I go on there and I'm like, I did. And uh, so they invite me into Bitcoin assets and uh, I go in there. And it's like very clear within like two minutes that I agree with nothing these guys believe. <laughs> nothing. But we all liked the meme. <laughs> but like nothing. They were like, end, end the Fed, we're full anarchists, like end everything. Like just crush society. Like uh, Bitcoin Core is awful. We, uh, we have our own implementation that we've written from like binary. Like we, we are the best, you know. And uh, at the same time, there was... Uh, the counterparty group. So like counterparty would be the same thing where we'd like summon people and we'd, we mentioned somebody in the, in the Bitcoin space. And within minutes, that person would always just end up in Skype. So like any, anyone running a scam, like uh, if you were, if you, if you mentioned Paul Snow a fact, then he'd be in there in like two minutes and he'd be coming to defend himself or whatever. So like occasionally just to like fuck with them, but also to have fun and argue. It was just like an argument space in Bitcoin. We'd like summon Vitalik in or something like that. This is pre-Ethereum launch. 
And one of these days he comes in and we're explaining to him like Ethereum can't scale. Ethereum's a scam. You know it, you know, like you don't even know. I think, I think this is the same conversation where we pointed out that at the time they hadn't even picked a, a consensus mechanism yet. And Vitalik says, uh, which became famous at the time, he goes, a consensus mechanism is a drop-in. It doesn't matter. And right now we're considering a new kind of consensus mechanism called a 12-dimensional uh, 12, 12 hypercube. Like, is he just trying to be the villain from a Terminator he's just, movie? He's just a lying, scammy piece of yeah, shit. That's all he is. <laughs> Vitalik is a scammer who he's doing a. Do you know how Elizabeth Holmes did a uh, Steve a female Steve Jobs impersonation? Yeah, dude, she had that black sweater. Vitalik Buterin is doing a skinny Linus Torvalds impression. If you don't know who Linus is, Linus is the lead maintainer of Linux, and if you watch his interviews, it's obvious that Vitalik is doing an impression of him trying to be chief nerd. And he's done a pretty good job because everybody who doesn't know how to code has fallen for his bullshit. I once talked well, like, to pretending to learn Chinese while he's like in being right. interviewed, like in between like questions. Like, come well, on, dude. And you know, I once talked to Fluffy Pony and he said he was at a conference with a bunch of other devs and Vitalik had released some paper or whatever, and it took everybody like a day to go through it before they realized it was bullshit. And then there were still people arguing over whether it was bullshit or not, but it was obvious to people who knew what was going on that it was bullshit. And Fluffy Pony told me, he goes, uh, I don't know what skill that is, but I know I don't have it. Like the skill he has is getting smart people to be confused uh, about whether they know what they really know or not. Right? Well, it's, I, I, you might call it like the airport road skill. Uh, you know how airport roads like near airports or like the, they kind of like go right along the highway and there's always the post offices there. It's like that. It's like they're able to like build this road right along the main highway intellectually. That like sounds just like you're like you're on the highway, but you're not quite on the highway. So like it's just off enough that maybe your like GPS gets fucked up and thinks you're on the highway, but you're not. So like your brain kind of does this. It's like it's, those are words that I know. He kind of put them together kind of correctly. It's true. It, maybe, maybe if I give him the benefit of the doubt, he's like saying something that like makes sense. If I like just kind of twist it and like try to no, no, but maybe like me, you know. Mm -hmm. And I do this a lot. Like I know some Chinese words, so I'll just say a bunch of Chinese words like all at once. And uh, and Chinese people look at you like they're like, I know you're saying Chinese words, but are you saying? I I don't know if you're saying anything. I don't know. Right. And they, they kind of like are very polite about it and give you the benefit of the doubt, but. No, I, I think that's what he's doing is essentially just saying words yeah. that like mean stuff and they're close enough in like proximity to these other things that mean things that people are very confused about it and they think that they might be the stupid people. Yeah, and Vitalik looks the part. He looks like somebody who would be a super genius and he certainly plays that up by drawing, like wearing cat t-shirts and rubbing his boogers on the wall and, you know, whatever. And having these like little spindly arms. Somebody told me they were at a meet, like an Ethereum meetup where they all went swimming and Vitalik almost drowned because his arm, he can't swim with his skinny arms. And I was like, yeah, of course, that makes total sense. But if you look at a guy like that and you're just like a normal bro who just heard about NFTs, you probably look at that guy and you're like, that guy's a super genius, you know, like he's one of these weirdo autistic nerd guys, like totally. I'm going to buy this Nazi racist monkey picture called a board ape yacht club. 
Welcome to my world. <laughs> so where do we go from here? What I mean I by that exactly is where to I'm... the moon, P. Haven't you been paying no. attention? I got a question for these where two. Where do we go okay, from we, we've, here? We've entertained this concept once before on this show, and there are theories swirling all around Bitcoin that there is the possibility that once ETH officially fails, the Vitalik will make a triumphant return to Bitcoin. I'm going to be triumphant. He was never respected here in the first place. That's so true. I, I want to kind of unlock, like, what would that this be? Well, like, would he be welcome? We intend it to be. Listen, we can't, we, we can't prevent, you know, Vitalik from doing like an ETH side chain that's attached we to We had it all. You believed June in Seth, me. June Seth. But he's certainly not going to be welcomed back into the community. You know. I believed in you. But it seems like that's what he's trying to do. With this, like, he had this whole tweet storm pretty recently where he was sort of like, It's come to my attention that maybe I had a thought this one time that perhaps he does the this, things that I'm he saying. Does this, me and me and Johnson have been watching him for he's a while. He's hedging, it's all he's doing. It, yeah, he hedges, he puts out these tweets, and then later he goes, See, I was being, I was being reasonable when everybody else was being, you know, whatever. What, what can you do about it? Ethereum at seven dollars. Do you remember that, Jensen? Yeah, because, yeah, and he was like, He knows. Yeah, he knows it's bullshit. What can you do? What can you do about a guy who spent his entire like teenagers building a scam, his entire twenties yeah. writing complete bullshit academic works that mean literally nothing? Like he is, he is. Have you ever seen uh, Pete's Dragon? The original? No. There's a there's a like a, a snake oil salesman that comes into town. It's a great scene. Um, but like the, Vitalik is that he is, yeah. he is the like snake oil salesman with like a wooden cart and a bunch of like remedies on like shelves. That's what he does. He spent his entire twenties writing papers that are verifiable bullshit and pretending as if he was like a cryptographic genius. And there's a lot of people who are, who would, who would feel betrayed by him moving over. So he will, he, there will be no love lost there. Yeah. And I also, I've said this before it, on the stage, <coughs> before, like, I Bitcoiners think resent him. what a, what a Bitcoin maximalist is, is there a person who stands next to the snake oil salesman and they go, this guy's full of shit. And then they just stand there all day long, right next to the guy. He's like, this elixir will cure your AIDS. And then we just go, no, it won't. It's a bunch of bullshit. You know what I mean? And then people hate us. For telling the truth, like that's basically what it is to be a maximal. How you know how that's that's how I started in Bitcoin, like that's how the Junset character was originally developed. Yeah, I was at a uh, Coins in the Kingdom conference, and there was a Ponzi scheme that literally sponsored it. It was called Bitcoin Dash Business, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Dash Trader, Bitcoin Dash Trader dot Biz, yeah. and. Uh, it was literally their pitch was basically like, we're a Ponzi. Give us your money. And so I stood in the middle. And as people are coming by, I was going, this is a Ponzi scheme. This is a Ponzi scheme. This is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Just I sat there the whole day. And what really like got me was at the end of the day, uh, there were some, there were two guys, like the main DJs of like Radio Free America or something like that. Like one of those libertarian podcasts. And he comes up to me and he goes, thank you so much for letting us know that that was a Ponzi. I was going to give him all my money. <laughs> By the way, yeah. this this is a very Bitcoin personality because when I was at uh, BitBlock Boom in 2020, during the height of the pandemic, 
maybe 21, I can't remember, but one of those years, Surfer Jim stood at the entranceway to Bitblock Boom, and he was like, hey, listen, there's a bunch of bullshit COVID restrictions, but if you have a coffee cup in your hand, then they won't tell you to put on a mask, so here's a cup, and he handed a cup to everybody who came in, he was like, just pretend to drink from it, and then you're good, and f- tell these people fuck off, you know? That's amazing. <laughs> and- he gave he gave a cup to everybody. Walked in. He stood at the entrance. He took it upon himself. And then, literally, none of us were wearing masks. Like, and this is like at the height of COVID when everybody's fucking wow. terrified of it. And that's why everybody there got it. Got it. So, well, yeah, we all got. Actually, we all got it the next year. We got it the next year, not that year. We were good that year. I'm good now. I mean, like, I'll I'll go this year. I'll be fine because like I'm inoculated. Well, until you get the next variant. What's the next one? Yeah. It's like. Yeah, do you even know? Like, are you working with Omicron here? Are you working with yeah, Delta? Like, what, what oh, Omicron you got? Yeah, yeah. Jumicron. That's right. Futurama, okay. great show. Love it. Okay, so we only have five minutes left. Why? Because there's another, we have another segment. We have FedWatch. Oh. I take that passion as June 10th will, will be back. <laughs> I will admit, I have never laughed this hard in, in the middle of an episode <laughs> so much that I... I'm sorry, I can barely tell the jokes, you know? I didn't even write any for this episode. Which only excites me for when we actually have you come on when you're like at 70% strength. Oh, I'm at full strength. (laughs) I find 70% health. Sometimes I'm at 180% strength though. So like that's, that's what you want me. So wait, I want to ask, uh, I know you won't give me a real answer, June Seth. You're gonna. I always give real answers. Why is everyone? You're gonna tell me just because they're all so funny. No, no. Part of the reason I, I like saying this is because I. It doesn't matter. Point is, Hoddle. Yes. Why have you left Twitter? It's a barren wasteland right now. Um, yeah, I just don't think it's very smart or good or funny or interesting. I thought it was for a while. You know, I thought I got a lot of value out of it. And now I think it's like basically full of losers. There's a lot of people who have like 0.4 of a Bitcoin and they're like, I'm going to have a castle that I live in with like of like a bunch of hot chicks and a Lamborghini and I'm going to tell the government to fuck off. And they might like, okay. You never know. Okay. Is this, are you a dub? You're like, basically, like, are you a WWE character? Like what's happening here? Like, this is, this is kind of gay, you know, like that's what you think. Really? You think that it's, it's not, it's a weird fantasy, you know? I do have to point out that what you just said verbatim is what the first message you sent me and you were dead serious. Uh, so I, I feel like it's a little bit, you know, kind of. I feel personally attacked because my 0.21 Bitcoin will buy me a castle one day. So fuck off. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm not getting That's even less than Hoddle thought. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't see why I couldn't buy a castle. I'm just not getting a lot of entertainment value out of Twitter. Have you seen, like, here's the thing. Hoddle's stupid because he has not looked at the price of castles in places like Ireland. He thinks a castle costs a lot. You can buy a castle for like 2 million bucks. What the fuck do you do with a castle in the middle of some lock with like... Oh, I thought all about this. I thought all about this. this You need need to re-outfit it so that it will accept air conditioning. I think that's like step one. It's not possible. Like a heater? It's not possible. There's gaps everywhere. This is like my fantasy when I was five of like living (laughs) inside of an Atlas or a Nike missile silo. I was like, it's going to happen. It's going to be fucking dope. And then I looked all over the country and it's like, look, only 80% of them have chemicals in them that will definitely give you cancer. The other 20% are full of dead animals. And then the the remaining 
5%, that's 105% total, uh, are just caved in already, or there's a homeless person. P- P- what, I, what I always wanted to do was build like a regular sized house on top of a missile silo, like just a small little like homestead. Doesn't, doesn't like a two story, like small little homestead on top of it. And then like the basement door opens up and then it's like 12 stories down. <laughs> share a, uh, can I share a conspiracy theory? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the conspiracy theory I just got <coughs> texted is that uh, Roger Ver got a $43 million uh, margin call and uh, told CoinFlex to pound sand. So part of CoinFlex's insolvency issues are directly caused by Roger Ver. This is a rumor that's on Twitter. I don't know this for sure, but it would be hilarious if true. Why would he, why would he tell? I guess because he bought more coins with it. They offered him, I get. they extended him a line of credit because they knew him to be a savvy, wealthy. Roger Veer. Yeah. yeah. And he, you know, basically they, they needed it back and he was like, blow me. Oh, so I they didn't even ask for, they didn't even ask for uh, like equity. I guess not. I don't know. I don't know what the details are. It's just Twitter rumors at this point. I but. fucking want that to be so true. And also fuck you, Roger. Right. My friends on that note, we are going to have to call this a show. This has no. been um, this has been really amazing. Uh, you both are incredible. I appreciate your time. Uh, you're both not wearing pants. Please come That's back true. soon. Say this has been Bitcoin Magazine Live, my friends. Hell yeah! Sorry about P's racism, everybody. All the other bitcoins are inferior to Litecoin. Full transparency: this is being streamed right now at the Bitcoin Magazine headquarters, and I <laughs> had to send out a message just to like check. <laughs> Who's Jewish at the company? Turns out this Everybody. guy. Wait. Oh, yeah, I know he's Jewish. Yeah, okay. That I'm guy. Nubian. I'm half Nubian, half yeah. Jewish. Yeah, we're well, the thing is, like, we have a crossover, a Venn diagram of races. So I, I'm i only insulting the one of his that I'm not. I think between the four of us, we can insult every single race without being. Well, you, especially racist. you and me, you know, you Dude. as a Persian. Dude, Jews, get back on Twitter and let's just fucking tear it up. I look, I'm on Twitter now at very small claims. Wait, really? Yeah, I got kicked off Twitter for anti-Semitism though, <laughs> and calling for the death of Joe Biden. But other than those two things, like oh, your butt, Dickerson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>